Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you hate yourself for loving me as much as I love you? Do you hate all of the things I do? Baby, I know you do. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks. It's Jay Scott. It's another episode, and uh, got a great new band coming up here to talk about and talk with, and we're going to get to that soon. But do always remember that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. So check out Pantheon Podcast at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on social media, Pantheon Pods on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can check out the Hook Rocks on all three of those social media platforms as well. Search that up. Set your app to automatic download uh, so you get the latest episode right to your phone. And write us a review. Let us know what you think. We are approaching our 500th episode. We're approaching our four-year anniversary. We've had some great episodes over the past month. By the way, happy May to everybody. And uh hope everyone's doing well and Spring is in full season, but you can check out some of our old episodes here, our previous episodes that we've done recently. We just had our quarterly music insider episode with the great Christine Eagle talking the updates on TikTok, live streaming, AI, and Ticketmaster, what's going on with all those. Those are really kind of at the forefront as to what's happening behind the scenes in the music business. We also welcomed the new band, Weathered souls the weathered souls on our latest new music spotlight and we had brad rustavin the host of slam fest podcast talking the love of live music we also had george lynch the legendary guitar player back for his fourth visit to the hook rocks and we had Mojenko matievich from steelheart as well as another great new band d wolf from the netherlands the hook rocks we also welcome don jameson as our co-host and we talked with scott gorham of thin lizzie we had phil lewis from L.A. Guns, we did our top albums of the first quarter at the beginning of April. We ranked them 1 to 10, and we also welcomed Jared James Nichols and Tuck Smith to the show, along with previous guests like Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick and Tyler Bryant and Richie Kotzen. So check out all those and more. And like I said, we do a lot of new music spotlights here, and we, we showcase a lot of new bands um, we're one of the very few podcasts to consistently do it. We're very proud of that. And we're very proud to welcome a band that's kind of fresh off the presses, man. They are new. They are brand spanking new. And they are from Nashville. The band is Lost Hearts. And my guest is the singer-guitar player, Max Fry. What's happening, man? How are you? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. 
That's some pretty impressive guests right there. Pretty cool. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, we we um we've grown a lot over the last almost four years. Like I said, we're approaching our 500th episode. And when I think back and I look at the early episodes we've done to what we're doing now, I started this as a hobby and it's kind of grown into something way more than I could ever imagine. So I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate getting to know you um, over the next 45 minutes to an hour. We've got lots to talk about, but we've always asked the same first question every time we have a first time guest on the show. And that's really what we're all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it? So I think there were a couple. I mean, I grew up with rock and roll, but, um, you know, with my mom and dad were both, my dad plays and uh, just kind of for fun and everything. And he's played in some bands and stuff. And he's a good, like, good, uh, really good at, like, acoustic and singing and everything. So I grew up around that. And so... uh you know, I guess you could say that was my first influence was probably my dad. But then like when I was about seven, my mom took me to go see Kiss and I was like blown away. Of course, I mean, you're seeing Kiss as a kid and uh, that was amazing. And they're still one of my favorite bands. And then the other one, which just announced a, a farewell tour today was Aerosmith and well, mainly just Steven Tyler. Because I, I used to watch when I was really young, I watched the um, the uh, American Idol and with my mom and Steven Tyler was on there. I didn't know who he was. But then like at the end of the show, he sat down and just did Dream On, like just on the piano and singing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. And then the other one would be the just Appetite for Destruction album in general, like just listening to that and those solos and everything just made me want to play and do music. So those would be kind of three right there. You mentioned Aerosmith. The last time I saw them was probably the mid-90s. I saw them, and Johnny Lang opened up for them. And really? Yeah, it was a great show. I think it was the Nine Lives album, I want to say. Yeah. That was the last time I saw them. And then I saw Guns N' Roses open up for them on the Pump Tour, I think it was. Oh, and That wow. was a great show. That was fantastic. So... Yeah, some some good things to get you going in rock. But when did it become apparent to you that you wanted to be in a band you wanted to perform? Well, so I think when I was about eight, my parents tried to put me into guitar lessons. And it just didn't really, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm very like, uh, I don't know what the word is to describe it. What you call it? ADD. ADD definitely runs in my family. But um you know, I'm very like all over the map sometimes. And it's, it's hard for me to focus on one thing sometimes. And especially as an eight year old kid, I was like, you know, there's no chance of me sitting down here and learning how to play an instrument. And so I begged them to take me out and they finally took me out of guitar lessons. And then um, when I was about 12, my mom took me just to the, we were going like out to eat or something, but then there was this kind of like blues jam going on at the restaurant. And I was like blown away by these guys playing like Hendrix and even the old stuff, like the Muddy Waters and everything, but just this blues guitar players. And I was really blown away by that. And I was like, wow. And of course I, I still like love rock and roll. I've always been, I've always loved rock and roll. I just didn't always play. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of knew the basics from taking lessons and I went and I learned some songs, like some, like, I think I learned, like, All Along the Watchtower and um, some basic stuff, like Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I went there the next, like, a few weeks later, and uh, I got up and jammed with the guys. And then I just kept coming back, like, every week. Every week I would go and just jam and, you know, learn stuff on YouTube and learn new songs. And it was scary as a kid because I was, like, 12, and they would throw you up there. And I'd be like, I don't know this song. And they're like, well, you'll figure it out, you know? <laughs> I was like terrified as a kid, kind of throwing me to the wolves, but that's really the way I learned to play, I think. Now, you guys are from Nashville, correct? Yeah, well, we're none of us are from Nashville originally. Like, I'm from North Carolina. Um, our other guitarist, Victor, is from uh, Brazil. 
and then um, JT is from Kentucky, and the drummer Mitch is from Ohio, and so we're from all over the country. And Victor, not even from this country, but um, yeah, we all met and moved here, and I've lived here about I've lived here probably the longest, and then the other guys moved here probably about less than a year ago. And so this band came together from there. How'd you guys find each other being that you're from all over? Did you all meet when you in Nashville or was there discussions prior to that? So it's funny what happened. It's kind of funny because me and Victor were both, all of us in the band have been playing like for other artists and, doing hired gun stuff and we've been in bands and play for people. So we've been around the scene and, um, I used, I still play, but I was playing with this, uh, Van Halen tribute band. And so I was doing the Eddie Van Halen parts and Victor was doing a Def Leppard tribute band, but it was all the same members besides us. You know what I mean? Like it was the same singer, bass player, and drummer. And so we kept hearing about each other through this. And we were like, oh, cool, cool. I got to meet that guy. I got to meet that guy. And so Victor actually was playing with this other band called Native Sons, an original band. And um, he called me because their guitar player had quit like a week before they were doing this show, Monsters on the Mountain opening for Vince Neil and Night Ranger and all these bands. And he called me. I had never met him. And he was like, hey, man, like all the guys tell me you're a good player and everything. Like this just happened. Like, would you be able to come fill in with us next week? And I was like, let me go listen to the song. Make sure it's not like some like Ingve like ridiculous guitar playing that I couldn't learn in a week. And I listened to it. I was like, okay, it's, it was hard, honestly, but it was uh and it was good music. Honestly, the band is pretty good. Native Sons, check them out. But I was like, um, I was like, yeah, this is doable. I can learn it. And I was, you know, I'm a big crew fan and I'm a big fan of all the 80s stuff. So I was like, I want to do it. And so, yeah, we, uh, we met like a day before the show at the rehearsal. We all got together and rehearsed and then we did the gig and, me and Victor, to be honest with you, we kind of became best friends. Like we were like having a blast running around the festival and like talking with people and just having fun, man. And so we started hanging out and then, you know, of course, writing songs and stuff and jamming. And then it was funny because the I was just filling in, but the guy they got for Native Sons was actually JT. And so they met and Victor and JT were playing in the band and everything. And then he said, Hey, we've been writing these songs. Let's bring over JT. He's like good on the production side and everything. And that's how it just really started. We weren't even writing songs. We we're just kind of hanging out and we didn't know what we were going to do with it. And, um, you know, so we brought JT over and he just kind of changed the game to be honest with you. Like, I mean, if you listen to me and Victor's demos, as opposed to the demos we started doing when uh, JT started coming over, it was like a, it's it was like a demo versus a finished song. You know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous, and it really helped us, I think, take on a sound more and like figure out who we wanted to be faster. And so then it seemed obvious. We're like, okay, we're doing something cool here, you know, something that we all like. Let's start a band, you know. And so. From there, we just went, we literally went on Instagram and we're like, hashtag Nashville drummer. And then <laughs> found Mitch and, uh, you know, we tried a couple other guys too. And, you know, Mitch ended up being the guy and here we are, man. Native Sons, they were on the show probably a year ago. Um, the great band. I, I, I wish they would yeah. just settle on a lineup. They kind of have a lot of interchangeable parts. So yeah. hopefully, um, you know, I, I know they were just, I was just in Nashville in March for rock and pod. And, um, like, I think like a, a day or two later, the, the, one of the guitar players left. So I don't yeah. know what's, you know, 
They're great it, music. It's hard, man. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard to keep up. And it's hard, man. It's hard to keep guys behind you and guys into it. And, you know, it's it's really tough, man, making sure everybody's happy. And then there's money. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has to make a living. It's really hard to keep a group like that together, you know? And then somebody gets in a fight. It's just ridiculous, you know? Yeah, it, it is tough. It really is, you know, you've got to be in, you know, you almost have to do, like, side projects along with your band because, you know, the grind is so prevalent with new music and new rock like you really gotta get out there and play and a lot of clubs unfortunately don't pay you know what they used to um it's it's hard and plus there's not i was just having this conversation with tuck smith there's like him and jared james nichols were going out on tour and there were like five to seven holds on the venues that they were trying to play at i mean because everyone's out touring because the pandemic put a pause and everything. Now everyone's releasing new music over the last couple of years and everyone's getting out on the road, but you're right. I mean, it's, you know, then you have guys in the band that really want to do the grind and don't mind doing the grind. Cause that's, you know, they live it and they breathe it. And then you find a member or two that maybe doesn't want to do it as hard or as, as much as someone else, you know? And so I always say the great thing about the new bands that are coming out and the new music is, these guys really love playing. They really love doing what they do because, you know, it's, it's a lot different than it was years ago. And you really do need to love it. You really do need to live it blood, sweat and tears. And, and when you hear a new band like you guys and, and it kind of connects immediately with me and other people, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I always say that the new music scene is just as good as, the scenes prior, you know, whether it's the seventies, the eighties, whatever, you know, you're right. You're right, man. I mean, it's just, uh, I think what rock has lacked over the past 20 years, I think to be honest with you, I think it's the industry support. I always think the fan base has been there and, you know, I think that the bands have been there and you know what I mean? Like you hear a band and you're like, oh, well, they're not as good as Def Leppard. They're not as good as this band. They're not as good as Zeppelin. It's like, yeah, maybe not. But think about all the money that those bands had put behind them into artist development and the right producer. Like you're comparing something that somebody had to kind of iron out themselves without that support to, you know, the greats. But they, they didn't always start as the greats. You know what I mean? Like it took a lot of, work and it took money in a lot of cases you know like putting the right people behind them to get them to be Def Leppard or Led Zeppelin you know what I mean and I'm not taking anything away from those bands they're obviously great but I wonder with a lot of the newer bands if you put that behind them where would they go it's interesting when you look at those bands that you mentioned Led Zeppelin Def Leppard were were both both of them in the early part of their career were panned by critics and fans and there was a lot of pushback. And I think with every new band, you always get the comparison to the bands that came before. And a lot of the bands that, you know, we've talked about, whether it's Guns N' Roses, whether it's Aerosmith and Kiss and they were all very, people were very critical of them when they first came out. Um, There was always, there's always this elitist group of people that, always want to judge a band and say a band isn't good and, and whatnot. My only disagreement with what you said there is I do think the bands today are just as good as the Zeppelins and the Def Leppards. But like you said, I do agree that the support is lacking. You know, it it used to be with Yeah. Yeah. With the record industry, you know, the the way it is now, I, we, we just had a conversation on this. There's so much in terms of lack of vision, you know, a record company wants how many subscribers do you have? How many followers do you have? How many views you have? They don't want to just listen to a band and go, they're really good. Let's sign them and let's, let's grow with them. Yeah. Which is what used to happen. So, you know, I think the great thing though, is rock and roll 
is really finally in the hands of the fans and in the hands of the musicians. I mean, there's no one determining what happens in a song anymore, how you sound like, like it, like with pop music and R and B where, you know, there's 20 different writers, everything's auto-tuned, everything's overproduced. It really is so organic and so authentic, probably more so than probably since the seventies and the sixties that that's an exciting time for rock. Yeah. I believe. I agree. I agree with you. And I think, you know, part of, because I like pop music. I do like pop music, but it, it for me, it comes down, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. For me, it still comes down to like, is the song good or not? Like if you took the song and you put it on an acoustic guitar and it's just somebody sitting there and playing and singing it, is it a good song or is it bleh? You know, because like you sit there and you, even if it's, like if it's a terrible song and it's well produced, it's still a terrible song. But if it's, you know, if it's already a good song and then you put some stuff on it, like oh, you add some synth and add all this, like you can make a technical, it's still cool. I don't mind that. But a lot of the stuff I hear is I'm just like, I don't, I don't hear a lot of stuff that I listen to that I'm like, Oh yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be bumping this in 30 years. We're still going to be listening to this. I don't hear a lot of like, classics i don't think and maybe i'm wrong but no i agree i also think yeah i I think with pop music there lacks a human element everything is so overproduced every note is so yeah produced to the max of what you can do everything is so manipulated with the sound that the human element that used to exist in pop music no longer exists everything is all production and you know, there's a la- there's a lack of authenticity, I think, with it, because a lot of that stuff you can't duplicate live, which is why, and it's a whole nother conversation for another time, but it's why a lot of things are tracked, because there's just no way you can even sound even remotely close to that, because everything is auto-tuned and overproduced. Yeah, yeah. And with it's that, far- it's like- yeah. Go ahead. No, as far as you guys are in terms of the two new songs that you know a night to remember was just released on i think thursday or friday of last week great song how you know how would you describe your band in terms of the sound in terms of where these influences come from well i think it's uh i think it's interesting because all of us have listened to such a vast amount of music you know what i mean like I've listened to everything and all these guys, like we live and eat and breathe music. You know what I mean? And we, I've been that way all my life. And I think the other guys have. And so, you know, it's hard to sit there and pinpoint down like a, a specific band that we sound like, or like, cause when I listen, I'll hear something like, Oh yeah, I stole that vocal line from uh, in excess. Or I stole, I stole that from Def Leppard. I stole this from uh, Aerosmith. I, I hear little stuff where I'm like, I know where that came from. But it's all kind of a big melting pot. You know what I mean? It's like you don't steal the song, but you steal kind of certain ideas and stuff. And, you know, it's influence for sure. And there's a lot of that that is, you know, older bands. Because that's what I've mainly listened to all my life. But I, we definitely try to attempt to keep it modern, you know what I mean? And not not sound like we're like trying to be old or something like that. And I like when bands do that, to be honest. I do like when, um, you know, like bands like Dirty Honey and stuff like that, that are more kind of throwback. I love that stuff because I love old rock and roll. But it just doesn't feel... Uh, like that's what I want to do personally. You know what I mean? Even even if I try, like I've tried before to sit down and I'll be like, let me try to write something exactly like Aerosmith, you know, or like this or like anybody. And I sit there and I try to write it and it, it takes a completely different turn than I expect. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I mean, our producer, we're very happy with our producer, Johnny K. And he did like, he's done a lot of different stuff as well. Like he did everything from like 
disturbed to the plain white tees and you know everything in between and he worked with that band uh that i like a lot called the black moods i'm sure yeah i was just gonna mention them yeah yeah they're a great band and uh so he's coming at it too with like a melting pot of you know experience and listening to music and you know we just have fun dude and create it and i don't know what it sounds like i'd be curious to hear what you think it sounds like to be honest it's interesting because there's a lot of elements of like you said of of bands that we've listened to but i don't think there is a definitive like huge influence like oh wow they're the next this or the next that and i and i like that um because i like it when i'm trying to figure it out like it, it doesn't just hit you as soon as you hear it. I like a little bit of man. What do they sound like? And and I still haven't been able to figure it out. All I know is I like it and it's really good. Um, and like yeah. you said, there's a lot of familiar tones and a lot of familiar. You know, the hooks are unbelievable in both songs, and 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 of course that's always important to a song. But I like it when it takes me a bit to figure it out. I I don't like everything kind of spoon fed to me. You know, um, so I, and that's kind of one of the reasons, you know, why I wanted to have you on the show is because what attracted me to the band was I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, and, and I keep telling people that you guys are great. And they're like, what do they sound like? I'm like, y- you'll like it. Just listen to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think that's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, you know, hopefully that means that we're obviously we're new, but we're on our way to finding our own kind of sound. You know what I mean? That's what I hope for is we find something that's like, because that's the thing that maybe some bands, but there are ones that really do, they stand out, but some bands, they don't stand out as like, Oh, well that's their sound. And I don't feel like we're there yet, but I would like, that's my goal is to try to find something like that where you hear it and you're like, Oh, well that's them. You know? Well, when you think about a band like Van Halen, you know, their, their debut album that came out, which had a huge impact on my life. Oh yeah. No one could put a finger on what they sounded like. Yeah. And when you, now, now when you look back and you've, you know, we've listened to so much music and we can kind of, kind of you know pinpoint of kind of the influences to me van halen is a mix between zz top the beach boys and the dave clark five yeah but when you're you know listen to it when you're you know when you're younger you're like they don't sound like anything but the years now when you listen to like bottoms up which is a complete zz top lagrange you know um and you look you hear the background vocals of the beach boys and you hear that up-tempo dave clark five you know, and there's a lot of big band influence too. Obviously, Eddie and Alex's father was a trumpet player in a big band. So you hear that when you listen to it. But, you know, you could never put your finger on what they sounded like. And I think, you know, with you guys, it's kind of the same thing. It's really good, but it's like, man, like, I just know it's good. I don't know what it sounds like. Well, so, I, it, man. I mean, I mean, I hope, hate your, I hope um, it can be one fifth of as good as Van Halen was. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Dude, that Absolutely. band is just ridiculous. And yeah, like you said, bottoms up. Somebody give me a doctor that it was ridiculous how much character like their music was like a living, breathing thing, you know? Yeah. I mean it really had personality. Yeah, and I like the Sammy stuff too, but I mean, dude, especially on the early, like the first six albums it was just ridiculous when eddie passed a couple years ago i've got a son you know he's now 18 and i had this moment when i was a young kid where i i was home one day with my mom i think i was in kindergarten or something like that um and we had a half day but my brother was older and he had a full day and i remember going in his room because i knew he had the van halen one album and I was only like seven years old, six or seven years old at the time. And I put it on the the turntable with the headphones. I knew instinctively to put headphones on because my mother would have had a fit. Um, yeah. And I took my son because my, my mom still lives in the same house. And like two days after he passed, we went to my mom's house, my son and I. 
And I showed him where I laid for the first time listening to Van Halen 1. I go, it's right here. Right here. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is where I listen to Van Halen 1 for the first time. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you're showing me an area on the carpet where you listen to an album. I go, but you don't understand. It was like a, 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 a monumental shift in my life hearing this for the first time. Like, I'm the one and, you know, all that stuff. And, and um, yeah. I, I'm yeah. with you on that. I have those kind of experiences too. Like I'll never forget it. Like, yeah, I did listen to 1984 was the first one I listened to though. I listened to it on uh, my dad's computer. Cause he kept telling Van Halen, Van Halen. I'm like, who is Van Halen? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, some of their songs. I knew jump and everything, but he played it. And I was like, Oh wow. This is wild. And 1984 is just a wild album. Like it's pretty out there, you know? And uh, all the, I love that album. I mean, Girl Gone Bad and Drop Dead Legs. And, yep. But then there's some weird stuff like Top Jimmy and House of Pain that you're like, it's still cool, but it's like, what is this, man? Like, this is so strange. What was so great about that album is here you have... Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The greatest, one of the greatest, if you want to say, or the greatest at that time, guitar player. The greatest of all time. I mean, there's no argument. Who, who are you going to yeah. argue that is better than Eddie Van Halen and more influential than Eddie Van Halen? It's a great point. He's the greatest of all time, dude. I don't think there's an argument. I mean, him and maybe Hendrix and yeah. Jimmy Page and Clapton, but I mean, that's about it, dude. For me, at least. That's what with, with, with that album, here you have this iconic, legendary guitar player, and then the album starts out with a keyboard solo. I mean, how ballsy is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that took a that took a lot of stones to 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 do something like that. Yeah, man, and he, uh, yeah, he was showing a different side of himself. You know what I mean? And he really did that because even if you watch on that tour, he would like do that. He would play all, everything, and he played jump on the keyboard. He didn't play it on guitar. And, yeah, uh, I always thought that was super cool, and you know, obviously that evolved into what the Hagar era was. And he was very monumental 
in that and creating a new sound for Van Halen. And I respect it. I mean, it's not my favorite music of all time. I like it, but uh, I respect the direction they took and the success that really came from that. I always say, no matter who the singer is, Eddie's still playing guitar. So it's exactly. still- that's yeah. all that matters, dude. It's Eddie and Alex, dude. And of course, Michael Anthony, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as you guys go, I mean, the song, the first single was Hate Yourself, which was fantastic. And, and if anyone's listening, both singles are available on all streaming platforms. Go check them out. They're fantastic. But, you know, with, with both songs being released, there's been a positive reaction everywhere I look and, you know, doing some research on you guys. Were you, you know, were you expecting that? Were you expecting this to be, you know, it's only been out. The first single was only released a little over a month ago. And yet it's been for me, from what I see, just I, I keep building you know, great press and, 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 and great conversation about this band lost hearts. You know, did, were you guys expecting something like something like that? Or was it kind of blown you away where you're at today? Well, to be honest with you, I think, I I expected I thought people would like it like I was like because everybody I was showing it to liked it you know what I mean everybody I showed it to was like oh man that's really good it sticks in my head when we had the first song they were like hey uh and but I did not expect it to be honest like the thing I didn't expect was you know like I've been playing around this circle of like people who love all the bands that I love, you know what I mean? Like all the older bands like crew and, you know, all, even the underground bands, like, you know, I was at that monsters of rock cruise pre-party and it was like the singer from Tora Tora and like all those kind of bands. I love all that stuff. And I did not expect for that crowd to really be into it. You know what I mean? Like I thought they would be like, Oh, well, he's not shredding. What is this? You know, no, there's no shredding. Like this is just a pop song kind of thing. Cause it is, it is kind of poppy, at least to my ears, I think it's poppy. And you know, I like that, but I didn't expect for that crowd to have as good of a response as they have. And even like, you know, Eddie Trunk gave us a shout out and that was random, dude, like random. I'm, uh, we were playing in Vegas and we were opening up for, enough's enough and um there's this guy i don't know if you know him called izzy presley yeah yeah i'm familiar with yeah so izzy was there and he was hanging out and um he was like oh man you know and we were just talking and talking kiss and everything and he's like i dig the song i'm gonna send it to eddie trunk and we're sitting there like yeah okay you know and then he's like (laughs) and we love izzy man he's a great guy and really cool but uh you know, we were like, we were kind of in the thought process of like, even if he sends it to Eddie Trunk, I don't know how Eddie Trunk is really going to feel about it. You know what I mean? And um, so he sent it and then we just get an email from Eddie Trunk. Hey, I dig you guys. I'm going to play you on the show tomorrow. And we're like, what? Okay. And um, so we were in the studio and we stopped and we got the email like, oh, hey, we're going to play you in 10 minutes. And so we put up, pull up on the phone with our producer hanging out working on the third song and man, he was so like thoughtful, man. And like, Hey, you know, like this is not something I do really that often, but I heard this, you know, my friend showed it to me. He was like, I have no agenda. And that's the truth because there were a lot of comments and stuff like, Oh, this is when you're and jealous people and everything like, Oh, when your dad has powerful friends and all this, but it was like, it was so natural, man. He just heard it and he liked it and he chose to play it. And that, that kind of blew me away that I was like, wow, you know, people who don't know me, you know, who don't know any of us and they hear it and they genuinely enjoy it, especially someone like that who's been around and he's seen, he knows about music, you know, and that, that blew me away. And that, that's been cool to see people like that really kind of support it and get behind it, you know, and the same thing, like Michael Sweet of Striper is a friend of mine and he was really nice. And he like 
made a big post about it and how much he liked the song. And, you know, it's really, um, it inspires me, I think, to keep going and keep just to hear like, oh, yeah, I think you're doing the right thing from people who are around the industry. Absolutely. I mean, great song is a great song. And and we live in a time where everybody's got an opinion and everybody makes comments that they probably shouldn't, that they don't know much about. And, but the music's great. And I understand why Eddie played it because it's really damn good, you know? And um, so, yeah, you gotta, as a, as a new artist, you have to take those opportunities and capitalize them on them. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with getting those opportunities, even though you haven't been around that long. So um, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that a lot. It, being in Nashville, you mentioned, you know, being in cover bands, you know, being in the, the, the Nashville rock scene, which keeps growing every time you look over your shoulder, there's more rock bands in Nashville. There's, guys moving from LA to Nashville. What's that like for you kind of being in it? There's so much great stuff coming out of that city right now. Man, I love Nashville ever since I came here, to be honest with you. Like I was playing in a band when I was young, like 14 years old. I joined my first like kind of, uh, well, I, I guess I joined my first, yeah, I joined my first when I was 14 and then it was an Aussie tribute. And it was like a local and we were, I loved it though. I mean, playing Ozzy, and that's some of my favorite music and Sabbath. And um, I joined that band. I played around town and then my friend sent a video to this guy, Little Ozzy. And um, he's like, it's this band where, you know, it's an Ozzy tribute, but the guy is four, eight tall, you know? And he's a great guy, Lynn Doak, and he's the band is still going. And that was my first kind of real opportunity. And we played a lot across the country, you know, and that was a big shift in my life to go from just playing around town and stuff to, okay, I'm 14 and I'm traveling, doing music and I'm, you know, actually making money and like that kind of stuff was and playing to big crowds and meeting people. And, um, yeah, so when I when I joined that band, we started coming to Nashville, and then I played at this jam night called Rare Hair, run by this guy Tyson Leslie, and um, that was when I really saw the scene kind of thing, and I was like, wow, like it kind of blew me away because I had never seen anything like that, like a real music community. I mean, in Raleigh, there was, but not on the same stature of Nashville. And so it really made me want to move here. And then obviously I did, you know, and I've really enjoyed it being in Nashville. And I, like you said, it is growing because I mean, even from the time I've been here four years, but even from the time I've been here, I've seen like a lot of new people move here. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I love Nashville. I don't, I've, and I even have friends in LA, like you said, like I have a guitarist friend in LA in a band and he's like, man, tired of this place all we do is play the whiskey every few months like you know there's not really that much to do you know in terms of playing and opportunities like i want to move to nashville and uh i've been out there i like la too and i would like to spend more time there but i really like it here from what i hear from a lot of bands that i've talked to is nashville is more of a community like people want to help you where mm -hmm. LA it's more competitive. I mean, I'm not saying that Nashville isn't competitive because it is, but there's more of a community atmosphere where people are like, Hey man, why don't you come and play on my album, come in the studio and, and I need, I need you to throw down a couple licks or, Hey, I'll, I can come by and play that or yeah. sing background vocals or whatever. People just want to help people want to do things. And I think, yeah, I think it is definitely a community and um, I enjoy that aspect of it a lot because I mean, I like to, help people certainly when I can and just, you know, be, but it's not even like I see it like that or I don't think anybody really even sees it like, Oh, I'm helping somebody. It's just like, Hey, we're friends with, and that's the thing. It's like like-minded people and we're all living for the same purpose pretty much. You know what I mean? We're all living for music 
everybody, you don't move to a town to do music in the, unless that's your life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so it's cool because, yeah, you, it's like we're all just hanging, man. We're all just living our lives, but everybody's here for the same thing. I was at Rare Hair in March, and it was it was great. I mean, I think you had the guy, lead singer from Tora Tora up there for a bit, Eric Martin from Mr. Big. You know, you had Tuck Smith jamming up there. You had Leilani Kilgore, who I'm a huge fan of. She's a great blues. Leilani's blues a friend player. of mine, man. She's in a uh she's in a band with actually uh the old drummer from Little Ozzy. Yeah. And some of my other friends, Tesla and uh Sam and they do that band called Holy Lightning and uh they're great, man. I love them. Yeah, she's guys. great. She's awesome. She's fantastic. Um, I'm gonna try to get down there Memorial Day weekend because there's a great gig at the basement with Jack's Hollow, uh, Moon City Masters, and who's the third? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember the third band on the bill. Oh, uh, Naked Gypsy Queens. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I know so, Jackson, I know Naked Gypsy Queens. I don't. I haven't heard of the other one. They're from Jersey. Okay. Um, yeah, they're really good. They're really good. But yeah, I love to see that show. I think that Jacks is. Um, uh, her, her release party for her new album. So, but there's always stuff going on, man. Like I was, you know, I was there in March. I was there in, in November, you know, I mean, one night we're at the basement, the band called true villains was playing. Great band. And, and, uh, well. and the next night, Butch Walker's playing at the Brooklyn bowl. And yeah, awesome, man. There's like, you, 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 wherever there's always music playing. It's great. Always, man. Even if, you know, it's like worst case scenario, you just walk downtown and it's like you're going to find somebody playing something cool. You know, like there's always, yeah, the just basic country. But if you look, there's rock bands around there. And there's even this band that plays at Nudies. I don't even know their name, but they do like all like emo kind of music. Like okay. it's interesting because they'll do like MCR and like more of that kind of stuff, like the pop punk and everything. And it's interesting because... I think they're the only ones down there really doing that, you know, but people like it. What about for you guys? You guys have the two singles. You said you were working on the third. Are there plans to release an EP or an album or is it just doing the singles thing right now? So I think right now it is kind of the singles thing, the game, you know, the algorithm game and all that, like, you know, and I've read into it and I've talked to people and, um, from my research is that the best thing to do right now is release singles and then kind of put them into collections. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I think once we get like five songs, six songs, we'll probably like label it like, okay, this is our collection. You know what I mean? This is our EP and do it that way. And of course, eventually we want to do a full album, but our concern is like, you know, with all this stuff, like going in there and, you know, yeah, you got to pay to be in the studio and you got to do this stuff. It's like, you're going to release an album and then somebody listen to the first song or the first two, three songs and then, okay, yeah, it's good. Or, okay, yeah, it's bad. You know, and then they don't listen to the full thing. Like how often, of course, me and you do, but how often is the average person really sitting down and say, okay, let me put it on first song and listen to the full thing or even listen to three quarters. People just don't really do it anymore. It's kind of crazy unless they're like a major established artist. Like, okay. Yeah. Harry Styles or even like Greta Van Fleet They're Okay. If they put out an album, but yeah, people are going to listen. But at our point in time, you know, it's like, it doesn't really make sense. I don't think to put out an album. So yeah, we'll, we'll, definitely do ep and then eventually when we get more of a following and stuff i would like to do a full album because i love albums i mean i have all this vinyl upstairs you know like that's my thing i love to put on an album and give it a chance you know even if it's something i've never listened to band i've never listened to put it on maybe you know you sit there read about the band a little bit read about the album like that's fun for me you know and look okay who produced this Oh, okay. That's why it sounds like this. I like that stuff, but it just doesn't say in it. It's sad that I don't think people do that as much anymore, but it's the whole like social media and like the whole short 
mindset. You know what I mean? Like short term, like everyone's used to now, even YouTube has gone to reels and all that. Like the TikTok, like 30 second videos is like the most common media now. It's crazy. Don't get me started on TikTok. <laughs> I know, man, but that's the thing is we're so like it's so ridiculous. <laughs> how many thirty second videos are we watching a day? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, like it's enough it's, to probably put into a movie. Right, right. No, I love the journey of an album. You know, like you start out yeah. with this first song. First song is so important because it really sucks you in. It pulls you in. You know, and and then it's up to the band to hold you, hold that interest. You know, from you for the entirety of the album. And that's a challenge in itself. And, and those what makes up the great albums is when there's, when it's all killer, no filler. And I, I love that. And I love the, the, the twists and turns and just this hearing the differences and creating a different song. Um, that's special. I think that's great. It's a, it's a loss. It's becoming a lost art form, unfortunately, with, you know, fewer bands releasing full length albums, um, you know, Love vinyl, like you said, you know, the physical, tangible piece of music, which I think is so important. But, um, yeah, I always appreciate the, 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 the full album. We do our quarterly album rankings from one to 10 every, every quarter. And then we, at the end of the year, we do the end of the year and we only rank the albums that we've actually listened to and the full albums, not like a couple songs. Like we sit and listen to the full album and, a lot of times I'll listen to an album three to five times before I'm ready to move on to something else, or it'll stay in my car for a month and just, uh, just keep listening to it. So yeah, I, I love the album art form. I do too, man. And I, I mean, a lot of my, like I said, I mean, vinyl and stuff, like I love when it's, yeah, like it, it's like a concept because there are some songs that I love, like a lot of my favorite songs are deep cuts or like are not, singles and they wouldn't be right for a single there are songs that are album songs you know what i mean like they don't make sense as a single but they're amazing and that's what i think you miss out on when you know we're we live in such an industry where it is kind of single based yeah you mentioned the black moods earlier their last album the last two albums i think they've done with johnny k and man there's some gems that are in between those singles that they released that I just oh, yeah. love. And like you said, you know, if they're just releasing singles or if a band's just releasing singles, you don't get those gems. You don't get that, that song that you love that, you know, not, not a lot of people are, are hearing it because they're only interested in to see what's popular. People, people mistake what's best because it's the most popular. And I think you have, there's a different difference. Sometimes they both align. Sometimes what's best is the most popular. That's that's definitively true. But a lot of times, man, it's that song fourth track on the album that people aren't familiar with. It's got that great hook and that rip and riff. And, and you're just like, man, that's a great tune. Yeah. And that bugs me when people judge a band just by the hits. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, and people do that a lot, especially with like Kiss. You know what I mean? Like Kiss. And I don't know how you feel about them. But to me. They're one of those bands, like, they have a ridiculous amount of just good songs. You know what I mean? Like, just good, great songs. And people, But people only judge them by, oh, rock and roll all night. I was made for loving you. It's like, no, there's so much more there, dude. Mr. Speed, great Mr. song. Mr. Speed, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, Coming uh, Home from Hotter Than Hell, another one of my favorite songs. Oh, dude, don't get me started. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love the unplugged version of that, too. It's so good. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, you think of Van Halen, like we were talking about. My favorite song of Van Halen 1 is I'm the One. I'm the One mm. is great. Atomic yeah. Punk. Yeah. On Fire. I mean, On Fire is ridiculous. I mean. Yeah. Even, but yeah. I mean, just think about all that material that wouldn't happen if, you know, that, that authenticity, that creative you know, period where the band's making music and they're writing songs. And um, I understand what you're saying, though. It is a singles world right now because of the attention span of people and you want to stay in front of people. That's the most important thing for any artist is to constantly stay in front of people. And that's what you have to do, unfortunately, these days. And and yeah. um, but I always love getting that vinyl or that CD and 
for me when I was growing up, music was a babysitter. So on Fridays, you know, I get a new album and that would I'd be in my room the whole weekend just listening to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's different, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's happening in every form of entertainment, I think. And in every form of life is like, even movies are not as big as they used to be. You know right. what I mean? Like movies, people used to sit down, okay, watch a full movie. I, I don't think people do it as much anymore. I, I know people still do, but I think if you would probably look at the stats, like I bet you TV shows and even like just Instagram, people instead of watching a TV show or watching a movie now, just sit on Instagram and do that stuff and watch or TikTok. You know what I mean? Like people are just more uh, distracted. Short, yeah, distracted and just, you know, short term minded. I don't know what the term is I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Yeah. What's next for you guys? Well, we got um, next week or this week, actually, this Friday. We are playing opening for Great White and Steve Riley's LA Guns in Michigan. And then the week after that, we're doing another show in Saginaw, Michigan. And, um, yeah, we have a lot of dates coming up, playing with Buck Cherry and, you know, even doing some local stuff here in Nashville. We're playing with the Lonely Ones, and we're doing a headlining show as well. And, um, yeah, we're playing shows. We're getting out there. We have another song coming soon. It's just about to be um mixed and mastered it's all done recorded and so yeah man we're just keep trying to get out there as many shows as we can i mean of course the goal is to get onto a tour and so we're working on that as well and um you know we are still fresh and so we're just kind of we're working and just seeing what happens kind of you know like whether we hopefully we can start talking with some labels and stuff like that and see where everything falls. Max, it's been great getting to know you, and it's been a great conversation, man. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been, it has been a pleasure, for for real. Awesome. Everyone, check out The Lost Hearts, or Lost Hearts, um, as they are called, and check out their singles, Night to Remember, and Hate Yourself, on all streaming platforms. Great songs, man. I, I, I'm telling you right now, whoever's listening, you will love it. And send me a message and let me know what you think. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to write us a review. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we will talk soon. Thanks. I don't know why all the places that go seem to lead to you. I don't even really think you know that I'm obsessed with the thought of you. I've been thinking about all the ways to get your attention, but I'm playing it safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.